Hello, I'm Dr. Tanya Bailey, and welcome to Arts, Artists, and Advocates, a podcast-based program designed with you in mind. You can find more content on demand at lccconnect.com. Go ahead, do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explores diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism lens. We're highlighting the work of people on our campus and in our community that's making a difference. Health is the new wealth. It's a term that many are saying all across our nation. After the pandemic, we've seen a rise in health disparities. Well, on today's show, we have an amazing guest that's going to help us understand why health really is the new wealth. Please help me welcome Melania Brim to Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Welcome. Thank you for having me. The crowd is going wild. (laughs) I hear that. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. We want to learn who is Ms. Brim. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and how does that influence the work that you do? So that's a great question, and I kind of ask myself that quite often. (laughs) Who Um, am I? (laughs) Yeah, who am I? Um, So I grew up in Michigan and left for a while, traveled around southern Indiana, northern Kentucky, came back to Michigan in 1991. Mm. I've spent um, pretty much 50 years in and around healthcare in different capacities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of my jobs were in the public sector and working with marginalized populations. Mm. And so I've kind of carried that forward kind of throughout my career. Nice. I love that. I love that. So in your current position, let our listeners know what you're doing uh, and how does it positively advocate for this community? So I am president and CEO of Michigan Health Council. We are a nonprofit organization located in Okemos. Mm. Uh, Our focus is on building, strengthening and enhancing the capacity of the healthcare workforce. Nice. It is a good, good purpose. Um, You know, I think our mission statement Mm -hmm. um, probably speaks to the commitment that we make to communities across the state. Mm. And that is that every person has access to the right team of healthcare professionals to meet their health needs. I'm going to have you rewind that one more time. I'd be happy to. (laughs) Every person Mm -hmm. has access to the right team of healthcare professionals to meet their health needs. I love it. That says it all. I don't know who came up with that, but brilliantly said. uh, And I know that you're living up to that mission for sure. But talk to our listeners about how does diversity, equity, and inclusion, because you know that's what this show is all about. (laughs) (laughs) How does that align with your mission or what does it really mean to you and why is it important? So I think I'd like to start by maybe coming at it from a personal perspective. Perspective. Yes. Um, So uh, I have a 23-year-old daughter Mm -hmm. who four and a half years ago, following back surgery, found herself in a wheelchair for life. Um, You know, it was obviously hard for us to accept that our daughter had ended up in one of those um, identity dimensions that Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, People, and hers is, of course, people with disabilities. Um, Learning to navigate her way through the system, Hmm. uh, through this new paradigm, um, while she discovered that there were lots of opportunities Mm -hmm. for people with disabilities, she's also discovered, we've discovered, um, that there are still lots of challenges when it comes to equity Mm. and inclusion. And so I bring that with me every day. I love it. Yeah. So, and then speaking a little bit more to my work, Mm -hmm. um, I would start with my belief that healthcare is a right for all. Mm. And through that lens, when I think about DEI, I think it means about having the right people in the right place at the right time, providing the right care 
to all people. And I believe you're living out that vision <laughs> so clearly. And thank you for being a champion uh, you. for your daughter and so many others. I know that you're a spokesperson for that. Um, I'm going to say a quote to you. We're going to go totally off script. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the quote is this. Uh, Racism is a public health crisis. What does that quote say to you and the work that you do? So I, I think that when you think about racism and public health, mm-hmm. uh, it drives me immediately to health disparities. Mm. And um, impact, and I, and I, you know, we we know some things from research about uh, the impact of uh, of racism on health outcomes mm-hmm. and health disparities, mm-hmm. and that's what public health is all about. Wow. Um, and you know, some of the work that we're doing at the health council is designed to address some of the some factors mm-hmm. uh, that you know, have an impact on health equity and health outcomes. It does. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I think the pandemic has taught us a lot uh, and has exposed a lot. And I know that with um, the uh, MHC, uh, (laughs) Michigan Health Council, I know that you're not only talking about these issues, but you're also putting things in place. And we're going to we're going to dive into that a little bit in the show. Uh, But first, I want us to play a game. We call it the game called If. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so this game works like this. I'll say a statement that begins with the word if, and you'll fill in the blank or answer the statement. Well, Ready to go? Or are there good prizes? At oh, the there's great prizes. <laughs> okay. Cars, awesome. houses, you name it. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right, All right. Here we go. If diversity was a car, what would it be and why? She's thinking everyone. <laughs> so um, I'm actually going to default on this one. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, I think that there are um, a lot of stereotypes associated with mm. different cars. She's changing the game. Yes. I am. So, for example, <laughs> the F-150 truck. Okay. Often, you know, white male. Mm. Um, Subaru has been linked at times with lesbians. Yeah. Um, energy efficient electric cars are energy, you know, conservers, typically liberal. Mm. So I think, you know, we all identify with our cars. Yeah. And so to say that there is a car that is um, versatile enough mm-hmm. that it cuts across different sectors, I, I couldn't come up with one. You are winning, I promise you. Okay. Our producers are like, what? We got a whole new perspective to this game. <laughs> I love it. Okay, two more questions and you're doing great. If inclusion, and feel free to flip the script on this one too, if inclusion was a dessert, what would that be? A banana split. Oh, oh, off the cuff. You already knew. Banana split. (laughs) So it's got uh, bananas. It's got multiple kinds of ice cream, maybe Neapolitan, strawberry, Mm -hmm. chocolate, vanilla. Um, (laughs) It's got whipped cream. It's got peanuts. It's got chocolate sauce or butterscotch. It's Mm. got, it includes a whole bunch of stuff. And when you take a bite of it, you try to scoop a little bit of everything. You do. Oh, I love that. Brilliantly said. So next time you come on, we're having a banana split, right? I'm all in. It's on me. Doing well. (laughs) Crowd loves you. The crowd loves you. Here's our final question in the game called if, if equity was an article of clothing, what would it be and why? It would be jeans. Mm. Um, everyone can wear them. Mm-hmm. You can be casual. 
you can be formal. Mm. Um, they fit, they adjust and fit to you. Um, so everyone can wear them. I love that. Give it up, everybody. I love it. So no okay. cars, no houses, none of that, but lots of, lots of applause. Okay. I'll take it. And you got a banana split cover. Yeah. Awesome. I'll take it. Thank you so much for playing the I game. I love the game. Thank you. So in our next segment, I want us to do a little bit more discussion around healthcare careers, diversity, okay. equity, inclusion, and, and perhaps the impact of the pandemic on our community as it relates to healthcare and more. Uh, talk to us about what MHC is, and please, I'm doing that on purpose so you can continue to say it for our listeners. How is MHC leading the charge in these areas? As I mentioned earlier, our focus is on improving workforce capacity. And when I talk about capacity, mm -hmm. a lot of people think about it in terms of supply and demand. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like to think of it as much broader than that, mm -hmm. um, that in addition to making sure we have enough um, to, to meet the demand, but that we also have um, a workforce that is competent to care for the people they serve. And mm -hmm. you know that cuts across a lot of skills, knowledge, ability to serve their patients well. Mm -hmm. you know, it brings me to things like cultural humility, yes. uh, the ability to communicate effectively with their patients, recognize um, cultural customs mm -hmm. in their care of patients. So really think about it. So some of our programs are, are designed to address kind of multiple dimensions of capacity. For example, one of them is our mini medical school program. That's mm. for our K to five kids. Um, really, ch it's about changing the diversity of the pipeline of students uh, to post-secondary. Um, so we, get to, we, we go into schools, typically in communities that we would describe as um, underserved. Okay. Um, bring a program to students mm -hmm. that introduces health careers to them, nice. uh, teaches them a few things about health and wellness and in my book, more importantly, trying to um, to build some aspirational thinking in those students. I love that. I love that. So uh, Michigan Health Council um, is doing their best to address health inequities, right? They're doing everything they can. Can you describe uh, some additional things that you all are doing to help address health inequities? And particularly, you know, the pandemic um, opened up a Pandora's box, you know, that a lot of uh, individuals were not aware of that was happening. So speak to that as well. Sure. Um, so I, I guess I would start by saying that, you know, we one of the things we know from research is that outcomes, uh, health outcomes, um, improve dramatically mm -hmm. when a patient and their provider are very similar. Mm. Same race, same ethnicity, mm. um, same cultural background. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and, and when they're not, we have a different set of outcomes mm -hmm. leading to some, leading again to health disparities. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one thing. So, so that leads us to how you know we really have to work on changing the pipeline. Yes. You know we that's you know and, and that's really a, a K to twelve, um, getting more students of color, more mm -hmm. students from different cultures, uh, even gender differences. You know, mm -hmm. nursing is a predominantly female. You know, we need to you know so across identity dimensions, we really need to be able to change what the workforce looks like. Um, and again, the you know COVID really helped to do that as well. Um, and that we saw that with those disparities, particularly in communities um, where that's happening. Um, but we also know that our, the, the, when you look at the um, demographics mm -hmm. of our patients and you compare them to the demographics of our workforce, right. there's a gap. And so that's really some of the work we're doing through our nursing diversity team. We're really trying to figure out 
you know, how do we help um, close that gap so that the population um, and the workforce looks a little bit more similar? Because we know that leads to better outcomes. It absolutely does. Thank, thank you for sharing those those items. Anything you will want to relate uh, MHC, Michigan Health Council, mm -hmm. to the work you're doing around DEI? And you've been mentioning it, yep. but anything specific around yeah. diversity, equity, inclusion? Yeah. So I actually have two programs that I, I think um, address some aspects of that, different factors that that, ha that play into it. One of them is certainly um, our work on implicit bias. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're aware, but all health professionals licensed in Michigan um, now have to have um, education in implicit bias. And that came out of the governor's task force mm -hmm. on the disparities uh, of COVID, yes. uh, the impact of COVID on, on uh, uh, I forget how it was exactly titled, but out of that was this recommendation that everybody needed to have some training on implicit bias. Absolutely. And so we've rolled that training out um, and making that available uh, to individuals and organizations to help people to really understand, um, you know, our training's a little different too, and we, we really want people to understand um, how basic bias, where it comes from. Mm. Um, and, and we talk about across all of the identity dimensions. Um, so um, it touches on race and gender and age and uh, body uh, habitus and mm. or body size, um, people with disabilities. And so we, we want people to really understand their there are so many ways that our, we bring our biases, and those biases, as shown in research, mm -hmm. have an impact on health outcomes. Absolutely. And we understand that the more a patient has more uh, connections with their healthcare provider, feel comfortable, yep. the better health that they'll be. And that means breaking down some of those uh, implicit biases yep. uh, as we go forward. And so thank you uh, for leading the charge yep. with that through, through the council. Um, here on the show, we also like to do what I would call a deeper dive. Uh, getting comfortable with uncomfortable conversations about race, because we've been talking about it just a little bit today. So I want to ask you personally, what uh, was your first recollection of your racial identity? So I grew up in two communities mm -hmm. that were predominantly white. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever thought about my racial identity mm -hmm. until I went to started school at MSU. Okay. And um, I found myself... Uh, meeting people of all varieties. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's when I first realized that uh, I, I was not alone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, and that was a hard one for me to think about. I, I, I was like, what? Like, I don't really remember thinking about it again until I start, I think started college. Well, you know, we ask that question here on the show often because we want people to have uh, an opportunity to share their stories, and and they've been so vast, so such a variety of different responses to that. Some at the age of four, some you know at the age of fifty four. You know, yeah. um, I think it's important for us to think about our first recollection of our racial identity uh, because it helps to tell um, not only where we're from, but also the variety of uh, stories and sharing yeah. of our differences of yeah. where we are and where we're going. So I, I love that. I also um, want to give you an opportunity to talk about um, how diversity, equity, inclusion um, for you, uh, where how you want to leave a mark on the world in DEI, because I know that's near and dear to your heart, having had uh, the opportunity to work with you in, in many different circles. Tell our audience, for you, how you want to leave a mark on the world with DEI. Sure. For the last several years, I, I teach a class, one, just one session uh, for a nursing program on mm -hmm. health disparities. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, probably for five or six years now. Um, and I have, in, in that, uh, used a quote from Martin Luther King hmm. um, that I love. I mean, I, and, and when you hear it, mm-hmm. I, I will share it with you. It's not one you should love, hmm. but it, it says so much. Okay. Um, and that is uh, that of all the forms of inequality, injustice in healthcare is the most shocking and inhumane. Hmm. And the first time I used this quote in mm-hmm. my presentation, it was exactly 50 years from the date that he said it. Wow. And I remember looking at the class and saying to them, you do realize that this statement is just as true today mm-hmm. as it was 50 years ago. Wow. So in terms of my mark, I would like to think that I've done uh, a small part in moving us further and further away from that quote, quote being true. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. That's one of my favorites. I I use that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, as as you mentioned, uh, we still have to use it. It it still rings true today. It's a painful truth. It's a painful truth. Listen, I want folks to know how they could support, get involved uh, with the Michigan Health Council. What would you say to our listeners? What's happening? What's new projects? How can people get involved and support? Yeah. So one of the things I I wanted to talk um, uh, along the lines when... um, in terms of some programming we, we're doing, mm-hmm. um, is also our work on health literacy mm. um, that we're doing currently uh, through a grant funded through the Michigan Health Endowment Fund. And, and we're really focusing on um, trying to change the way that providers communicate with their patients. Mm-hmm. Because we know that oftentimes when they don't commun- effect- communicate effectively, um, there's misinformation, right. there's miscommunication. And what that ends up leading to is poor health outcomes because the patient didn't understand what they were being told or asked to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are focused on on educating the providers about how to recognize and when they may be working with someone who has lower levels of literacy. Mm-hmm. And how can I you know, make sure that they're hearing what I'm saying? And so that's a really important program that we're building out um, and, uh, in that's terms awesome. of some long-term, in, 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 in kind of partnership with the implicit bias. Yeah. Um, so that's really important. Um, so another place that we're trying to do some additional work, as I mentioned, our five uh, K to five program. Mm-hmm. And so now we're trying to work on the middle school, oh. expanding into that, recognizing that um, when you're trying to change the trajectory of the workforce, starting with high school kids is too late. Yeah, the earlier late. the better. The earlier the better. Mm-hmm. So we're trying. We're working on that. In terms of how people can get involved, a um, couple things. Um, certainly, you can go to our website, which mm-hmm. is mhc.org. Very easy. Real simple. Yeah. <laughs> mhc.org. Uh, there's lots of information out there. Uh, if you're a nurse, mm-hmm. um, you can get involved with the Michigan Nursing Action Coalition. Um, we're currently working on a, a couple things, some health equity projects, mm-hmm. diversity in the workforce, um, and also engaging nurses in board leadership in organizations throughout communities to yes. bring their, their lens uh, to the table. Mm-hmm. If you're a health profession student, you can volunteer to talk with kids as part of our mini medical school, mm. um, and you can just reach out to me. And at, I'll find a way for you to get. Way. <laughs> I'll find a way for you to get involved with at us. MHC.org. At MHC.org. <laughs> I absolutely have enjoyed having you here on the program. It has been a, a delight. Uh, I hope that our listeners will will reach out to you and learn more. I hope that there are listeners that are thinking, 
healthcare field might be the yes. way for me to go. <laughs> we, we would love to have that happen. Absolutely, because there's great individuals like you that is willing to help them come along. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you to everyone uh, for listening and tuning in today to Arts, Artists, and Advocates. Our show today was uniquely entitled Health is the New Wealth. And we're so thankful that you joined us. This has been a podcast broadcast, and we want you to find more information on lccconnect.com go ahead and do it today. Arts, Artists, and Advocates is a series of conversations and performances that explore diversity, equity, and inclusion through the arts and activism. We are highlighting the work of those on our campus as well as those in our community that is doing and making a difference. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, This has been Dr. Tanya Bailey, your host, telling you, reminding you that you matter. We'll see you next time.